With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is game day on Gamecock Central Radio. Welcome in Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell getting ready for South Carolina and Ole Miss. Wes, an interesting matchup today because the Gamecocks have so seldom faced Mississippi. First meeting between the two since 2009. And Ole Miss are struggling right now. They're 5-3 and three overall. They are 1-3 and three in the league. But dealing with these NCAA sanctions, Wes, a two-year bowl ban and scholarship reductions. And had an interesting talk with Chase Parham from rebelgrove.com, our Rivals Network partner, earlier this week here on GCR. And he said that it's just been a matter of survival for Mississippi. And with their head coach, Matt Luke, he feels like they have survived and they're starting to look to the future. Yeah, and uh, like you said, it's an interesting matchup. I, you know, I, I kind of like it because, you know, you just don't, you don't get to see this matchup very often anymore because the way the league is uh, set up and the way the schedules are set up. So, um, you know, it's always fun to sort of get to see South Carolina play a different team. And it's going to be an intriguing matchup. I think you look at it and you you look sort of at how the two teams match up and you say, well, South Carolina has been, at least in the conference, they're decidedly, to me, about middle of the pack as far as an offense goes. And then they're decidedly, you know, middle of the pack as far as the defense goes. And then you look at Ole Miss, and they are very, very good offensively and then uh, probably the worst defense in the conference. So, uh, you know, does does that great Ole Miss def- or offense sort of just have its way with South Carolina's defense, um, you know, or is South Carolina's defense able to force some field goals, maybe force a turnover or two and, and keep that total score down? And then on the other side, is this South Carolina offense against a really bad defense? Are they able just to go up and down the field? Or do they shoot themselves in the foot as we've seen them do at times this year? You know, I think those are, it's all, you know, questions of execution. And I think you look at red zone play, and uh, we can probably hit on that a little bit more later on, but I, I think red zone play is going to be a very, very big key in this game. Yeah, Ole Miss. Coming off a bye week, West, so they have gotten a little bit healthier. You know, they've had some injury problems this year. And they do get uh, one of their defensive backs back today that should help them on the back end of their defense. But we don't know how much. And let's face it, Ole Miss needs help, like you talked about. Uh, Ole Miss giving up 45 points a game in conference play this year. Just a staggering number. But two weeks ago, before the bye week, Ole Miss lost to Auburn 31-16. And... You know, that was a game that Auburn did a good job defensively in the red zone, like you were talking about. They held Ole Miss to three field goals, and they were able to score touchdowns when they got in the red zone. So they won 31-16, and red zone performance was the difference in that game, and it could well be the case again today. Yeah, and I think you look at you look at this Ole Miss team, and they've, uh, they've put up some really, really big offensive numbers, lists or defenses that they've faced. And then, uh, you know, they've been at least hold it, held in check uh, – against the really, really good defenses that they played. And, 
you know, you sort of wonder where South Carolina is going to fall on, on that spectrum. But, you know, like you said, at Chase Parham, he's had some interesting stuff for us this week. He was posting on our board as well. And uh, Ole Miss's touchdown percentage in the red zone um, is, is in the hundreds, basically, as far as ranks in the country. So, uh, hmm. you know, these guys are not scoring touchdowns at a very high percentage. Most of their touchdowns come on big plays. So, you know, I, I think you look uh, – it's kind of twofold. One, that's sort of been Ole Miss's M.O. is that they have not been able to score touchdowns when they get in the red zone, which generally means you're not able to run the football uh, once the field sort of compresses. And then, two, South Carolina, we all know, has been a defense under Will Muschamp and Javaris Robinson that has been built on that idea of if we give up yardage in between the 20s, that's fine as long as you can force field goals and force turnovers, although obviously we haven't seen the number of turnovers this year as we saw the previous two years. But um, it's built on that idea of red zone defense, forcing field goals. Then you look at Ole Miss's defense, Chase uh, said similar things about them, that you know they have actually been decent in the red zone, but it's – he basically said pretty much every drive from an opponent uh, seems to get into the red zone. Like, there's no uh, – <laughs> there haven't been many three and outs from this Ole Miss defense. So, this really, honestly, Emerson, this could be a game where both teams have 500 yards of offense. You know, like, they, both teams could up and down the field, and the winner is going to be the one that can score touchdowns instead of field goals and not turn the football over. Ole Miss opened as a one-point favorite for this noon Eastern kickoff today. It'll be an 11 a.m. local time kick on the SEC Network, and the line right now is even. It's a pick em. And I think it's interesting also, Wes, that the total opened at 65, and that number has shot up to 67. So, you know, folks are expecting uh, what they've seen all year out of Ole Miss, and that's not much defense. And today, you know, from that standpoint, could be a breakout game for the Gamecock offense, and I think that's something that uh, I think fans are hoping to see today, and it could well happen against the Mississippi defense that has struggled. You know, they lost some players to graduation a year ago, and they lost some players to transfer as well when the NCAA sanctions were announced. So they've really had problems on that side of the football. But their offense is scoring a lot of points, Wes, and Muschamp earlier this week talked about how good the Ole Miss offensive line is. Matt Luke, the head coach, a former offensive line coach, and he's done a great job with the Ole Miss group up front. Yeah, he really has. And I think, um, you know, you look at their ability to protect their quarterback, who also, I think, gets the football out very quickly, which is another part of that. And uh, they get the football down the field. Uh, they have good receivers. Um, they, they actually have a decent uh, tailback as well, a Duco transfer kid uh, that has, has played well. So they spread the football around and, you know, I, I, I kind of keep going back to the idea of how, how many points does South Carolina need to win this game? You know, is, is this going to be a game where they can maybe hold Ole Miss into the to the low 20s, or is this a game where they need to score 30 points? You know, I, I think uh, especially, you know, the way the defense played against Tennessee, which is not a very good offense, and I, you know, I, I didn't think the defense played great at all last week. So, uh away but Tennessee was able to move the ball um, pretty well for, for what Tennessee is offensively so you know if you look at that and, and not that it always carries over but you know you'd probably say this is going to be a game where South Carolina is going to need to put 30 points on the board to feel to feel pretty good about winning the game.
All right, Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell here on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. We're going to hear today from Colin Taylor, staff writer with Gamecock Central, and we'll also be joined by Chase Parham from rebelgrove.com. Wes, uh, Chase Parham does a fantastic job. That website is first rate, and uh, I was checking out their Oxford Exxon podcast earlier this week. They've got mm-hmm. a huge listenership to that podcast because they don't have uh, sports talk radio in Oxford. You know, Oxford's not a big town. They don't have a 107.5 to game in Oxford, so they, they get a lot of <laughs> listeners to their podcast, and the, re- the website is really fantastic. Chase does a great job. Yeah, probably uh, probably the best podcast on our network, I think. Yep. Um, like you said, they, they don't have uh, – they they don't have that uh, local radio, um, you know. So they they did a good job, but uh, you know that's business one hundred and one right there, filling a void uh, in the market there. That's right. Uh, you know they they've had uh, they've had Matt uh, they've had Matt Luke on their podcast. You know, as a guest, huh. uh, I saw in the preseason. So you know, I think when you got the head coach uh, joining your podcast, uh, that's a pretty good sign of, <laughs> of what you got going on there. But yeah, they do a fantastic job and. Uh, it, it, I'm sure it hasn't been easy with everything that program has gone through, uh, but uh, you know, good fan base there, good website, and uh, you know, I, it, it is kind of interesting. I feel like because of the, like we're talking about in the open, because of this schedule, you know, you kind of almost lose touch of what's going on with some of these other programs. I mean, uh, you know, once I saw Ole Miss is on the schedule, you kind of are going back in your mind. You're like, wait a second, how, how long has it been since South Carolina played? Ole Miss, you know, and uh, this has actually been a really good, uh, I I won't say rivalry, but it's been a good series as far as the games go. Um, You know, I was looking at the notes, uh, the last 13 games, uh, 12 of them have been decided by a touchdown or less. So uh, these have been close football games. You look, uh, 2009, uh, that game will always be remembered the last time they played as uh, the uh, birth of Sandstorm. You know, that was the Sandstorm game that South Carolina beat Ole Miss, uh, you know, there at home. And uh, when Ole Miss was, I think, number four in the country, uh, you know, they're a very, very good football team. And then, I, you know, I remember the year before uh, South Carolina going to Ole Miss and uh, I believe was probably an underdog in that game. And, and Chris Smelly uh, probably having the absolute game of his life um, and uh, throwing a bunch of touchdown passes. I remember Jason Barnes having a big touchdown catch there in and, and South Carolina. Uh, winning the game, I think, by a touchdown. Uh, put up a bunch of points in that game, maybe 35-28 or something. But um, this has been, when the teams have played over the years, it's been some pretty good games. But obviously, n- none of these players that are involved in this game have any familiarity uh, with, with the other. You know, none, none of these guys are, are remotely uh, connected, haven't played each other. I guess the only real connection um, off the field, sort of, is that uh, Dan Warner, South Carolina's quarterback's coach, has been an OC at Ole Miss for uh, for two different stints, so uh, it is a bit of a homecoming for him. Yeah, Ole Miss knows Werner quite well. Dan Werner obviously knows Ole Miss quite well, so that is the one common thread between these two teams. Wes, you talked about uh, you know fact that the Gamecocks and Rebels just haven't played very often, playing last in 2008 and 2009, both Gamecock victories. These two teams will not meet again until 2025. <laughs> yeah, and so it's uh, it's kind of weird, man, and I, I wish. Um, I wish there was a way that it could be different because uh, I think the fan the fan base probably likes playing different teams and you like an opportunity to go um, go to a different place and uh, it seems honestly, man, I, I'll be curious to see how much Garnet uh, you know is, is in the stands because from what I've seen online, what I've seen from uh, some of my buddies as well, social media, it seems like a large contingent 
contingency of South Carolina fans are uh, are going to head uh, are heading to Oxford right now just because you know it's it's one thing you know South Carolina plays in Athens every other year they play in Clemson every other year but how often are you going to get to take this Oxford trip because of the way the scheduling sets up so um, I I actually think you're probably going to have a big group of Gamecocks there. Wes, have you ever been to Oxford? Everybody talks about how great the Grove is, and that's a trip that everybody should make, you know, once in their lifetime, at least once. Yeah, I've been. I actually haven't been for a football game. I covered I covered South Carolina's uh, baseball trip there, um, it, not Holbrook's last season, but the season before that when South Carolina, uh, one of the super regional years when they started so hot, and I think we're – I think they swept Ole Miss. Uh, that was a really good Ole Miss baseball team. South Carolina went in there and swept them. But uh, I did get to cover that baseball series and got to go around campus. And it is a, uh, it is definitely a small college town, uh, but lots of uh, lots of good eats. And uh, and the other thing is you're not far from Memphis. So I, I noticed a lot of Gamecock fans were using this also as an opportunity to go check out Memphis and and see some of uh, huh. what that city has to offer as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Ole Miss has a very strong recruiting presence in Memphis. All right, Wes, the Gamecocks 1-4 against the SEC West under Muschamp. We know how good the West is. South Carolina 5-12 and against West division opponents since 2010. And that's an interesting number, Wes, 5-12 and against the West. That includes the three straight 11-win seasons, the golden era of Gamecock football, and Carolina still couldn't really have a lot of success against the West. Yeah, and the West, um, you know, no coincidence, the West has been really, really good. Um, you know, for a long time now. And they've faced some really good teams over there. I don't necessarily falls in that category of being a really good football team. I, I, I think this is a very winnable game for the Gamecocks. Uh, but uh, it, it's funny. No, I, I don't know if anybody that I know or that I've read really has a strong opinion about this game going one way or the other. Uh, you know, Vegas certainly doesn't. They're right down the middle on it, I think. And, um you know, most of the people I, I talk to sort of say, hey, you know, this is a winnable game for South Carolina, but also a very losable game for South Carolina. And it's just going to be about how the game plays out. And I think you start to look uh, big picture as far as the season goes. Uh, I think we talked last week about the Tennessee game and what it means for the season. And we sort of agreed that that put South Carolina on pace to, to get bowl eligible. And, you know, I think you look at this game and it, it puts South Carolina – potentially on pace to get to that seven-win mark um, during the regular season. And then uh, and then even, uh, you know, I think if you go into that Florida game next week with some momentum and feeling good about yourself if you're South Carolina, then that certainly helps you uh, feel a bit better about that game. Whereas if you, if you go in sort of not playing well this week, um, you know, it's probably going to be tough to win in Gainesville. But that's still, I think, a winnable football game. So, um you know, this game is huge. All, all of them are huge at this point as far as the perception and, uh, and the win total at the end of the year. So, um, you know, it plays out, but I, I'm expecting a pretty good football game. Wes, Ole Miss has got a couple of receivers that could both go in the first round of next year's NFL draft. A.J. Brown is second in the Southeastern Conference in receiving yards per game, and they lost Metcalf for the season earlier this year, and I think Gamecock fans can relate to the pain that Rebel fans are going through here, you know, given that South Carolina mm-hmm. lost Debo last year. Metcalf lost for the season, and he could go in the first round too. So even without Metcalf, Ole Miss has continued to score a lot of points, and they're real strong on offense. 
Yes, they have, and uh, you certainly hate it for the Metcalf kid and then A.J. Brown. Man, this guy, if there's if there's many guys better than him, you know, I, I want to see him because uh, he, he's built like your, you know, your, your thicker, bigger wide receivers that can go up and get the football, but he's also outstanding after the catch. You know, he can, he can run, uh, he can break tackles, uh, he's got he's got vision. They get him the football in a number of different ways, and uh, the guy's just special. He just finds a way to make plays, and and they've, uh, you know, for all that's happened with Ole Miss, they have found a way to get some big time receiver talents on their campus the last uh, handful of years. You know, uh, I think you look at um, the Treadwell kid that was there before uh, Laquan Treadwell. That guy was outstanding. AJ Brown is outstanding. Uh, so they've had some true number one, like elite wide receivers that have come through this program. And um, then Jordan Tiamo knows how to give them the football. And uh, they're tough to beat, man. I- I'm curious to see how South Carolina matches up um, as far as how they scheme this. Um, you know, there was some discussion on our board, uh, which I enjoyed, about the possibility of J.C. Horn, you know, getting his taste of a, a true first-round uh, you know, future first round pick at wide receiver and how that matchup might go. And, you know, I, I sort of said, that, you know, I don't expect anybody to shut down A.J. Brown, but I don't expect J.C. Horn to back down from anybody either. I mean, this freshman has, has shown so far this season that uh, nothing really seems to phase him or scare him. So uh, that's something I'll be watching for. Does, does, does J.C. and A.J. Brown get hooked up one-on-one at any point? Hmm. I, you know, South Carolina probably going to have to play a, a decent amount of zone coverage in this game just to keep guys in front of them but uh you know when you do that you sort of get rpo'd to death and um you know this Ole Miss offense is going to run tempo they're gonna they're gonna rpo you a ton so so I don't know if that's going to work either I, I think uh, South Carolina's defense will have to to mix and max and mix and match I should say and um and try to find a way to confuse Ole Miss although uh, probably not going to happen often. I think if, if, but if you have an opportunity to get the football off somebody, if a ball gets tipped in the air, if there's an interception chance, uh, you're going to have to make it if you're South Carolina. Tayamu will run when the pocket breaks down, Wes. So one of the keys today will be you know, keeping contained at least to some degree on him and preventing him from doing damage when the pocket breaks down because he can't run the football. And Ole Miss is a tempo offense, like you said, and. Muschamp this week said that when you face a tempo team, you got to get your cleats in the ground and get ready to play. I thought that was a an insightful statement because if you snooze, you lose against tempo offense, Wes. Yeah, and they and they're going to uh, they're going to smell blood in the water, so to speak. You know, they're they're going to sense it when you're struggling to catch your breath. They're going to sense it when uh, you're a bit tired or when you're not getting lined up. And um, you know, Muschamp always talks about uh, fatigue, man, cowards of us all, and uh, you know, I think it, anybody that's played sports knows that feeling of when you're when you're gassed, basically, and you lazy. You don't quite do everything exactly the way you're supposed to. You don't quite take that extra step because you're trying to. Your body is trying to conserve energy. You know, you're trying to to get it done, but you're but you're you're struggling. You're dying. So, you know, I think these tempo offenses take advantage of that. That that little bit of hesitation, uh, that, that maybe half effort that you get when you're trying to catch your breath. Um, and, and you can't sub either. If the offense doesn't sub, you can't sub. So, so once they smell blood in the water, they're going to they're gonna go for it. And I, I think that's why this Ole Miss offense, uh, combined with the talent they have, don't get me wrong, 
uh, the talent's a big part of it, but you throw in that talent and then you get an offense, you know, you get a defense gassed and your offense has got momentum and it's just very, very tough. So it's easy to see, especially against some of these just completely overmatched defenses that they played. I think, I think they put up 70 points in a game earlier this year, uh, probably without even breaking a sweat. It, it kind of, honestly, Emerson reminds me of, of some of these uh, Missouri offenses, uh, not this year, but uh, prior, how they would just go up and down the field on these overmatched teams because they just wear them out uh, with tempo, and they don't have depth, and they don't have the speed to, to keep up. So, uh, you know, but the, the sort of positive thing for South Carolina, if you're a South Carolina fan, is that you sort of know that when they have played some of these better defenses, then it hasn't quite worked as well as it does when they just are completely overmatching some of these smaller schools' defenses. Noon Eastern kickoff today on the SEC Network for the Gamecocks and Rebels. Carolina's four and three and three and three in the league. Ole Miss five and three overall, one and three in the conference. Wins over Texas Tech, Southern Illinois, Kent State, Louisiana Monroe, and at Arkansas. Losses to some very good teams: Alabama, LSU. And two weeks ago, 31-16 against Auburn. Auburn scored three touchdowns on consecutive drives to open the third quarter and break open what had been a close game up until halftime. So, Wes, uh, Ole Miss 2-8 and eight at home in their last 10 SEC home games. This team has not played well at home, and that's got to be an advantage for the Gamecocks. Yeah, they, they haven't. And, uh, you know, for the most part, they've, you know, they've struggled as a football team overall, I think. And, you know, uh, it's interesting. This game is being played at uh, eleven o'clock, I guess, local time for for the guys out there. But um, I, I thought that was an interesting discussion this week, Emerson, about the fact that South Carolina practices in the morning um, every single day. They practice anyway. So uh, you know, under Spurrier, South Carolina always practice in the afternoon or at, at night. And uh, this year's, or ever since Muschamp got in, he really switched that up and and changed the way he, he handled things. And they practice in the morning anyway, so they're used to being up. They're used to being at the stadium early. Um, it, it may very strangely be a little bit of an advantage for South Carolina. Um, obviously, they won't be familiar with this stadium or this you know this turf or anything, but for uh, the game time uh, to be so early, I, I think it actually may strangely play into South Carolina's favor. Yeah, and you got to wonder, you know, how many Ole Miss fans are going to be excited about this game with the early start, 11 a.m. local time, and it has been a common occurrence this year for the place to empty out in the second half when they've been behind. So, yeah, I think this is a good situation for South Carolina, all things considered. So we're getting ready for South Carolina and Ole Miss here on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Wes, a huge day in the SEC. Before we turn our attention to the Gamecocks, let's take a look at the schedule in the SEC today. Number 20, Texas A&M is at Auburn. That's a noon kickoff on ESPN. And, Wes, we basically got, you know, both divisions de facto championship games today. Start with 330, CBS game number six, Georgia at number nine, Kentucky. And the winner of this will win the SEC East. I mean, how weird is that sentence you just said? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, and, I, and I, I'll go ahead and say I've got Georgia in this game. I, you know, Kentucky's a great story. Um, it's it's been It's been fun, but – I think Georgia's the better football team, even with that game being in Kentucky. But, hey, good good for Kentucky, man. It'll be another great atmosphere there. Um, quarterback play, though, just not enough to, to beat up on a team like Georgia. But, yeah, man, that's just uh, – does show you never know. You never know when the season starts. We think we got it figured out. But yep. 
Kentucky and Georgia in a de facto championship for the East is uh, not a sentence I expected you'd be you'd be saying this year on the game uh, Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Yep. What a job Mark Stoops has done with Kentucky, but I, I'm with you. I, I think Kentucky's just one dimensional offensively, and Georgia with its big game experience, is going to win this football game. Georgia's about a nine-point favorite there. Four o'clock kick today on the SEC Network, Missouri at number 11, Florida. Four o'clock kick and no TV for Charlotte at Tennessee. 7.30 kick on SEC Network for Louisiana Tech at number 16, Ole Miss. And then the de facto SEC West championship game, West. Eight o'clock kick on CBS for number one-ranked Alabama at third-ranked LSU. LSU's beaten five ranked teams this year, Wes. Yeah, you know, LSU's that team under Ed Orgeron that we know that they're LSU, but I, I don't know that anybody took them quite as seriously as maybe we should prior to this year. So, um, you know, going into the season, and they've just uh, they've just found a way to win games. Um, you know, they beat that really good Georgia team, and now Alabama's got to go into LSU at night. Uh, anything seems to happen at that stadium at nighttime when you get the uh, the LSU faithful all fired up and liquored up. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a very, very special – that's a special atmosphere right now there, or right there, man. Like, I, that is one place I have I have been to LSU. And, uh, wow, that that's that's honestly when, um, when South Carolina got the ball back late in that game, um, when Connor Shaw was still there, not the last time they played, but the time before that. Uh, during the the you know win of eleven uh, you know eleven win seasons, that's the loudest I've ever heard a football stadium. Hmm. So um, LSU, I still think Alabama will win this game. They probably pull away, but there's always something special about LSU at night. So, yep. so who knows? I, I think you know I, I think Bama ultimately does take care of business, and I don't really think by the fourth quarter that it's going to be all that close. But I think LSU could at least give Alabama a little bit of a scare. Baton Rouge, a notoriously difficult place to win, particularly at night, like Wes said. So number one, Bama, and number three, LSU in Baton Rouge, 8 o'clock tonight on CBS. The whole nation, I'm sure, will be watching for that huge matchup. And, Wes, you know, even if Bama doesn't win, they can still win the national championship. Bama does not have to win the West to win the national title. We found that out last year. Exactly, and I I think – Alabama has the best team. I mean, I think everybody can see that that's the best team in the country right now. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that the pre- the precedent is there, like you said, even if they lose this game, that they can still go and make it to the college football playoff. Although there there will be there will be some tough decisions this year if the committee is left with, uh, with that possibility this season when you look at some of the other um, teams that are out there. Wes, real quick on the Gamecocks, you know, ground and pound for South Carolina last week in the win over Tennessee, and I was really surprised that the Gamecocks only had to throw 16 passes in that ball game. Carolina ran for 245 yards in the win over the Vols, and I'm curious to know if you think it will be more of the same against the Rebels. No, you know, I, I honestly think they're going to have to throw it a bit more than that if they're going to win this week. I, I think more into the mid-20s as far as passes thrown. Uh, you know, I think if – I think if Jake Bentley throws about 24 or 25 passes in this game, then that's going to be a good sign for South Carolina. Um, you know, and, and if, if sort of, depending on how many total plays, obviously, that's a factor as well. But if it's about half and half, I think that's the, I think that's sort of the magic, uh, 
magic recipe there for them. You look at Coastal Carolina, you look at Vanderbilt. That was two games where they were able to run the football, but they also got big plays from the passing game. Um, you know, they got, they got some big games, big plays from the passing game last week as well against Tennessee, but it was mainly just take the air out of the ball, ball on first down, run the ball on second down, and then see what you get on third down. And I, I think um, that game plan won't necessarily be able to keep up with Ole Miss. They're going to have to run the football, don't get me wrong, because they're going to have to try to keep their defense from getting winded. This isn't a South Carolina defense, so that makes it difficult against, uh, you know, like you talked about, this tempo-based Ole Miss offense. But um, at the end of the day, South Carolina is going to have to worry about themselves on offense as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can't be so scared of Ole Miss's offense that you put yourself at a disadvantage in trying to go score points. So, I think uh, they're going to have to be a little more aggressive than they were last week, open it up. Not that you want Jake Bentley to throw the ball around the field 50 times, but uh, when the passing game is there, throw the ball on first down, take some chances down the field. You know, I think against a bad defense, you can afford to throw the ball down the field on first down because you know you can always come back to the running game on second down and put yourself in a manageable third down situation. And on defense, Wes – the return of D.J. Wanham last week. I said on last week's game day podcast, I didn't expect Wanham to have, you know, three or four sacks, but we thought that because he could command the double team, he would open up opportunities for his teammates. Well, he did have two sacks, including the one that basically clinched the game late. What a huge play that was. And his return clearly bolstered the Gamecock defense. They looked like a different unit last week, I thought, Wes. You know, to me, he's he's the best overall player on that defense. I think you can make the argument uh, – you know, Javon Kellogg really good. I think J.C. Horn is up there as well. But, um, man, you, you look at what this kid brings to the table in so many different ways like we talked about. And then, you know, when the game was on the line, when there was a time for him to go make a play, he just whipped his man. Like, yep. there was there was nothing else. You know, there was nothing else fancy about that. That's right. There was a three-man rush. And uh, it was like Wanham said, it's time. I'm going to whip my man, and I'm going to end this football game because I'm tired of giving up you know, third downs and fourth down conversions. And I'm, I'm tired of saying time to put them away. And, uh, you know, so he, he helped put them away, and uh, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, and I, you know, I thought he opened things up for Ken Law. Ken Law had an impact in the game, and the presence of Wanham kind of frees up Javon Ken Law, and the same for Bryson Allen Williams. So great to see number eight back healthy again. And, Wes, you figure he's only going to get better as the season goes on, as he get as he gets more comfortable being in the game and you know having come back from that injury, you figure he's only going to get better. So that's that's a good sign, good news for the Gamecock defense. Yeah, and, and he uh, you know he was asked about that on Tuesday, and uh, I think he sort of said um, you know the second half was when he really started to settle in. You know, mm-hmm. first half he was sort of feeling his way around a little bit, getting back comfortable out there. But um, you know he's such a sharp kid, such a smart kid, and, and then uh, you know he he was actually able to make history. He and his brother Dylan won him. Uh, you know, I think the only two brothers to ever get SEC honors in the same week with DJ Wanham um, getting uh, the defensive honors and then uh, Dylan getting uh, freshman honors. Yeah, that was really cool. So, South Carolina ready for Ole Miss today, 11 a.m. local time, noon Eastern kickoff on the SEC Network for South Carolina and Ole Miss. All right, an abbreviated edition of the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast today. Let's get keys to victory from Gamecock Central staff writer Colin Taylor. So, obviously, I think with South Carolina, it starts on defense. Ole Miss is a really potent offense. So, if you can slow down Jordan Tiamu, his leg, 
and force him to pass the ball and throw and, and take away the running game, that's going to help you. Getting a pass rush with four in terms of DJ Wanham stepping up, um, Bryson Ella Williams, uh, Javon Kenlock here, Thomas, those guys, if they can get a pass rush, that's going to be huge for them. Um, and defensively, I think that or on offense, you really got to, you know, I think you want, you want to throw the ball. You're going to want to control the clock and, and move the ball methodically down the field. And that, that has to go with converting third down. Um, you're going to have to do that and, and really keep the ball away from this really potent, really good uh, Ole Miss lineup. Thank you very much, Colin. That's Colin Taylor, staff writer with Gamecock Central. And now for Ole Miss's keys to victory, we'll send it to Chase Parham from our Rivals Network partner, rebelgrove.com. Yeah, Ole Miss in South Carolina this Saturday at 11 a.m. And for Ole Miss, it's all about producing in the red zone. You know that defense is going to give up points. You know South Carolina is probably going to control some tempo. Ole Miss's defense averaging more than 80 plays per game. So for Ole Miss, when it gets the ball, it's got to score touchdowns. It can't score field goals. That's what haunted it against Auburn. It needs seven points. So how they go about that, how they capitalize scoring opportunities will be a big difference in this game. And then defensively, it's how many different guys they can play in the secondary. Can they build up some depth? Can they interchange those guys? Zedrick Woods, a strong safety for Ole Miss, is basically averaging every play. He never comes out of the game. That's going to break you down against the South Carolina team that's going to try to run the football, that's going to go off RPO and play action. So for Ole Miss, can they be fresh? Can they be disciplined? Can they sub out enough guys to not have mental lapses to keep them in this game and force either some turnovers or some stops uh, before South Carolina gets in the red zone? So it's all about red zone and just finding a way to manage that defense for Ole Miss this Saturday against the Gamecocks. Fantastic. Chase Parham from RebelGrove.com, our Rivals Network partner, does a fantastic job. We invite you to visit that site for all things Ole Miss. It's RebelGrove.com. Wes, interesting matchup today. These two teams don't face each other very often, and we don't really know what to expect, but everybody thinks it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, and I think, um, let let me just say what's been said all week long, too. Uh, Start fast if you're the Gamecocks. You know, uh, I I thought it was funny. Every single other question in the press conference this week seemed to be about what can South Carolina do to start fast. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's a magic formula. Uh, Go, You know, go execute. The plays are there. Uh, The guys know it. They've shown they can move the football, so uh, they got to execute from the beginning because if they do that, they can take control of this football game. If they don't, they could be down 17 to nothing before they even know it. So, you know, this team has been playing from behind for, uh, for it feels like, the entire season. Um, but certainly the last uh, four or five weeks they've been playing from behind, and uh, I think they got to avoid that this week. Like you said, man, if you, if you can sort of put a little distance between – you know, you and this Ole Miss team early on, the crowd will be out of it. Um, you know, like you said, the second half, the the fan base. <laughs> you know, we we hear about the we hear about the Grove. Well, the Grove is awfully tempting uh, when you're deciding between sitting in those bleachers down 17 <laughs> points or, or hitting up the Grove again in the third quarter. You know, yep. so and wedding, um, wedding I'm not sure. I, I blame them. And uh, the, apparently, the the women on the Grove are, are pretty special too. <laughs> yeah, so right. uh, you know. That's a pretty tempting uh, deal there, man. But, uh, yeah, start fast, red zone, uh, just to sort of recap. And uh, and then it always comes down to turnovers, too. I know it's cliche, but to me, that's the final keys here for the Gamecocks to come back home with a win. Yeah, the Grove, known for its Division One talent. So, if you're headed to the game today, <laughs> if you're in Oxford, enjoy that and enjoy the contest. And, Wes, a great report today. We enjoy talking with you as always. Thank you, brother. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, man. All right, that's Wes Mitchell, and I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast, and enjoy the ball game, friends.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.